This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Swansea has more McDonald's and clean sheets this season, so don't forget your Muck Nuggets are closer than you think with Muck Delivery. The only thing left to say is, you in? Order now in the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via the app are participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com for further details. Hey Spotifyers, click or tap the banner to listen to Rap Caviar, the freshest 50 hip-hop songs on the rawest playlist ever. Brought to you by our friends at Stars and the new season of Power Book 4, Force. Watch now, only on Stars and the Stars app. Okay, welcome back to Swans Cast, everyone. So I'm once again joined by a very special guest, second appearance on the channel. So welcome back, Benjamin Bloom. Happy to be here, Luke. Very exciting in a very lovely week for me, but a very nervous <laughs> week for you. As a neutral, it must be probably easier to watch what's going to unfold in the next couple of weeks. Um, which brings us to why we are here. So Ben's come to join us. So he can give us a neutral sort of view on how he sees the full playoff picture. We're going to obviously talk about in a later video this week. The playoffs from a Swansea-only perspective with a couple of our other guests that we get on. But I also wanted to look at it from an outside perspective without maybe the bias that we might discuss when there's a bunch of Swans fans just to see what the outside picture's looking like, basically. So all honest opinions, tell us how it exactly it really is and um, we'll go from there. But before we start, do you want to tell everyone where they can find you and your content? Yeah, sure. So it's the Benjamin Bloom Football Channel on YouTube, Championship, Reviews and Previews and Watch Alongs. All of that good stuff. Um, and there is a video on there, a deep dive into Swansea season already and my view on how it is that they got there. So yeah, Twitter at Benjamin Bloom, but YouTube is the best place to get involved with all of that stuff. Yeah, I did check that video, very good. And I also noticed a couple of things recently that you've done. I loved your reaction to um, the goal, again, was it the Derby, Derby game when they changed the full picture of the relegation fight? I think when we, It was insane, we wasn't to... it? Yeah, it was very brilliant reactions. That was on Twitter. and uh... The championship, Luke, sometimes you think if you sat down there with like Michael Bay or the writers of a disaster movie or something and scripted it, yeah. it wouldn't be any more dramatic than it actually turns out to be, as you would know as Swansea fans after the last day of last season. Yeah, arguably a little bit calmer for us this year, isn't it? But uh, I guess it couldn't really get any more... Um... New, uh, new racking and sort of finger nail biting stuff than it was last year. Um, 
obviously we were lucky up to that and we were the, the beneficiaries. But this year we're kind of, we're there because we've been there all season. So expectations are maybe a little bit different. Um, obviously we'll dive into that as we go along the video. Before we start, I just want to general talk then. How have you been keeping since the last time? Like what have you been doing? Obviously tough times for everyone, but how are you keeping? Yeah, just more of the same. I'm very, very lucky that I can get out of bed, come up to the office and talk about football. And yeah. <laughs> we're, we're nearly there in terms of it being a, a viable pursuit over this last year. Obviously, you say it with some guilt. Uh, and I did lose my job last June. But um, the crisis, you have to try and exploit it to whatever. If you're yeah. stuck inside and all you can do is talk about football, then... And that's what we've done. So, yeah, just more of the same. And it's always, um, I've done this for a, a few seasons now. That end of the season is always a great time to be, especially the championship with yeah. playoffs and three teams down, four in the playoffs too. Dull at the top of the league, honestly, with everything locked up after that Swans, Reading, um, game and the brilliant cameo by Ayu in the 2-2 draw. Oh, but, brilliant. yeah, more than made up for with the... <laughs> ludicrous 3-3 draw and just before we've come on air Derby have tweeted that they've been found guilty um, on appeal so it's going to run and run into next season as well. I saw Wickham were um, interested in that weren't they? They were having the luck into what they could do but don't know what will come up to that. I suspect Derby will if found guilty as we now think they have been will be deducted points next season. Yeah, I mean, it is a shame because I was surprised they finished where they finished. And I, I think you were too after seeing your reaction video to your initial predictions um, where you did actually manage to get the top three correct. So that's a <laughs> shout out there. Well done for that. Um, I'm not one I'm not one to gloat. But yeah, I think a few people with um, Barnsley and Derby, Forest, Stoke with me. I always get Stoke miles out, but... Where was I with Swansea? I think I had them eighth, didn't I? Didn't I think you were too far off, um, to be honest. I think eighth. Eighth like, to fourth. Could have been, could have been there. Uh, after last season, it's tr it was tr it's tricky to see where we're going to be. And we did have a striker, you're right. Like, we haven't had a striker. Um, and that's something maybe we'll discuss more when we look at the actual match now. But um, overachieved, you could argue, in that sense. Like, you you did mention in Swansea's season review, didn't you? We talked about that sort of the situation around the transfers and, and all of that sort of stuff. Um, last thing then, oh. before we get on to the actual nitty-gritty, Ipswich fan, yourself. So how would you say their season's been? They didn't quite make it in terms of coming back up. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. dull. Um, so, yeah, I had Paul Lambert for a lot. But this will be the season that will now be remembered as where the ownership changed. So new owners in from about two-thirds of the way, no, probably three-quarters of the way through the season, Paul Cook as well, arriving with a big reputation from Pompey and Chesterfield and Wigan, etc. Um, of course, um, Jamal Lowe's manager last season yeah. as well. Um, Ed Sheeran confirmed as the sponsor. So national news in the week. Let's hope um, that just feels like we've had one good season as Ipswich fans, 14-15 with McCarthy sixth and lost in the playoffs. Uh, feels like we've had one good season in probably 15 years. So yeah. maybe, maybe the time's coming now with the ownership change. Hopefully that's a positive. It's and, crossed. And, it, and it's an upward trend. And I mean, I want to say, I want to, I don't want to say hopefully, because obviously we want to go up after this playoff run, but maybe we'll see you like 
in the championship in the near future. Who knows? Who knows? We hope. Okay. I did already touch on then. You already you already predicted the championship top three correct. Um, I know the playoffs are maybe a little bit more harder to predict, and especially with Barnsley being up there. I don't think I think if anyone said they put Barnsley where they finished, I'd be dubious if that's actually where they predicted them, based on the beginning of the season. But what do you make of the four teams that actually finished in playoffs? Was it like what you expected, or well, or what do you make so- of that really? I had predicted Brentford to be third. I had predicted Stoke to be fourth. I thought they would actually improve on last season under Michael O'Neill. That was obviously badly wrong. Um, I can't remember who I had fifth and sixth. I had Forrest in the playoffs. Sure, I think I had Cardiff. Did I have Cardiff sixth, possibly? I think think you might have said they wouldn't improve, but um, we didn't see enough for them to improve, so it could have been, yeah. Because they would have dropped down one place, wouldn't they? It's just one position. So I think those were the teams I had finishing there. Look, Brentford is not a surprise. Bournemouth, given their year-round parachute team and they've avoided too much chaos, is not a surprise. Honestly, is obviously a huge surprise and well done um, to them. And we say huge surprise, not in a patronising way, but in a congratulatory yeah. way to Barnsley have been brilliant. Barnsley, I had eighth. I had them, I thought you would drop out of the playoffs, I thought it was rabbits out of hats, snuck in there last season. Um, but then similarly good start this season, wasn't it? And as I said in my full-on review, only the last third of the season was not automatic promotion chase in form. And it was interesting, you, you, you used the word expectations and whether they've been inflated or not, whether that's fair, whether yeah. if the points have been proportioned in a different way through the season. Um, because we all remember sitting here after Swansea beat Norwich. Would that have been in January or late December? I'm trying to remember. Early February that was. And then fe- that was kind of go. like the last big performance. And then it kind of felt like scraping in after that. But we did obviously change the formation. Like a really viable um, automatic team yeah. at that point with Rahan having arrived. So well, at that point, with Norwich lost when they lost to us, we had the games in hand and theoretically could have gone above them at yeah. that point. But um, that didn't happen, as we all as we all know. <laughs> so big picture, I am surprised that Swans are in there, but following the season along, when you looked at where they were. They've been nailed on for the playoffs minimum since February, basically, yeah. like you're saying. So it's not a surprise as we watch the season go along because, you know, they've, they've finished with 80 points and not necessarily been that great for the last third of the season. So um, it's no surprise that they're in the in the playoffs with that being said. But, yeah, I did predict them to not finish in the playoffs. Yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting, isn't it? Because expectations kind of shift with what's in front of you. Even if... In reality, you are overachieving. All of a sudden, that raises the expectations, even if it's not realistic. Um, like we scraped in last season when we shouldn't have. So a target this season to finish in the playoffs maybe was a good target. We In the end, we're comfortably in there. But I think because we were challenging for the top two, a lot of fans were frustrated that we didn't continue to push for that. So it's about the balance. Like I'm not frustrated myself, but... um. It's just weird Luke, how the expectations understandable. change. You, 
talking to an Ipswich fan where we had 12 years between 1969 and 1982 of incredible, way above standard success, those expectations have lasted the last 40 years. Yeah. So, yeah, don't worry about if you're hyped up expectations yeah. and have and especially having been in the Premier League well, recently it, as well. It's still, we're a Premier League club. It's like, well, got to win that again, haven't you? You do. Um, okay, so, yeah, a few surprises in the playoffs. And arguably, I, I kind of agree with you. Like, yeah, we're saying it was the expectation to get there. But when you look at the the squad, the whole striker thing, look, you can see now in hindsight, like the goals scored was definitely our issue and probably held you us back. You said that last time I was Yeah, on. yeah, yeah, exactly. But like, months, we months didn't ago. even fix it then in January, but still managed to managing to maintain a playoff position. Yeah, bad luck with the American loan players. Though, yeah, 100%. In fairness to Cooper. Yeah, I think Morris was the one especially. Although not necessarily an out-and-out striker, but he would have added her a pace, a little bit of a different option. And whether he was maybe considering going to the formation we ended up finishing the season with a bit earlier, knowing the likes of Morris was coming in, um, didn't manage to happen. Ariola, I'm not really sure what's going on there. Bit of a weird one. I don't know whether that's a sign-in by the board more than a sign-in by the manager because of the links with DC United as well. And everything that happened afterwards, we hardly saw him. So... um Interesting one that, but yeah, bit of a bit of bad luck, maybe a lack of planning because, yeah, we had that lad from Southampton, that was on the radar. But where's the backup plan when that's fallen through? Really, to fix a problem that was a problem since the summer. So, I guess you can ask questions in the right areas there. Regardless of that, though, let's uh, let's move forward. So we did make it, as you said, and the other surprise package, Barnsley, is the team that we've been drawn up against in the first. Uh, well, I'd say the first, in one of the playoff fixtures. So um, we're going to start away at Barnsley. We have beaten them twice this season. So for us, I think we would have picked Barnsley out of the four, well, out of the other three uh, competitions. So how do you see this match? What are your expectations or maybe predictions going into this playoff leg? It's so interesting how you phrase it because just honing on the two matchups. Yeah. I was doing my stream at the weekend. And having known that Jonathan Woodgate had rested players before the last game, I saw the Bournemouth team and it absolutely smacked of him trying to avoid Brentford. Obviously, they didn't. But complete, full-on team that might well even start the playoff game against Stoke. So, with the, with the matchups, it looked like um, it looked like Barnsley might have quite liked Brentford. It looked like Bournemouth were trying to avoid them. So now we have Bournemouth and Brentford, which we assume is going to be quite open, quite free-flowing. We have Swansea, Barnsley, where perhaps tactically you have the two best managers in the playoffs going against each other. And often when you get a two managers that are kind of tactically minded rather than no, we're going to build up over a long time of philosophy and you know it's going to be about us and using the ball rather than Uber who can have a tweak and Ishmael who basically makes every other manager have to do something different against him. Yeah. Um, it could be, and I'll probably get this completely the wrong way round, it could be a very open semi-final at Brentford and Bournemouth and it could be a tight old tactical one between... Barnsley and Swansea. 
Well, I think if you look at Swansea's uh, defence this season, we didn't finish with the best defence, but for long periods, we were credited with having the best defence. So tight is probably... You'd pay money on tight, I think. Especially without goal scoring as well. It's not like we, we score a lot of goals. So Barnsley, I think... Um, well, we beat them twice this season. So we've got to take confidence from that because if you look at the other two teams, it was two draws against Brentford for us. And I don't know how we drew the second game, though, having said that. And then uh, Bournemouth beat us once and we drew the other. So mentally, for the players, if that means anything, that's a, that's a positive for us. And I think difference... Remind me what happened at, at the Liberty against Barnsley? Barnsley? Oh, God. Going back to... I think we played them early in the it season. Really early? Yeah, um, I'll find that for you in a second off the top of my head. I can't remember, I'll be honest with you. Let's have a look. Remember the game at Oakwell where I thought Cooper played Ishmael's high line quite well, but I do remember that being before DK and before Mowat and Palmer had been established as a central midfield. And um, it was before Barnsley had peaked that game. It was a good example of how to beat them in the first Sort of yeah, half of the season, I think, wasn't it? It was actually in December. I remember that we played them basically twice in a month, and it was two 0 at the Liberty Stadium. Um, probably right. quite an equal game. I think the second game we played against them away probably wasn't as equal, but that was kind of in the period where we were getting the job done, where maybe they had more chances. You could argue like they should have done better, but uh, we didn't manage to do so. So, can we keep them out again? Is, is the question, really. So, yeah, it was 2-0 again in the away leg, but I, from what I remember, that first half especially, um, they they definitely were the better team. So we scored in, like, 45th minute plus one. Long throwing, wasn't it? I remember. Yeah. Um, yeah, actually, yeah, it was. Connor Roberts, so... Uh, Channeling his inner Rory Delap in that one, so... Um, <laughs> yeah. Dave Challenger. The difference is we, you know, like you asked me earlier before we started the video, maybe the tactical side of what Cooper would. Yeah, do. I'm interested. So the last, the two games we played against them this season, we played in the five at the back, which, you know, we played that for a long period from the end of last season through till, uh, the last what eight games maybe of the season here, and we have changed now to four at the back, and we didn't change back in the last couple of games. So, I'd put my money on us starting this playoff leg in a different formation to what we've played Barnsley before this season. So it is going to look a little bit different from that aspect. Um, I'm surprised the squad he played against Watford was basically a full team. So in the match before against Derby, he rested a lot of players. Ayu was injured, but he rested a lot of key players. I say a lot, as much as we can. Our squad depth isn't necessarily one of the biggest. But he brought them all back in against Watford, which... I was a little bit surprised that we we didn't get a result, but we didn't need to get a result in that game either. So uh, he's probably given them a little bit of game time going into the playoffs. I think that was the mentality there. And I didn't actually get to watch the game, but from what I've heard, we did play okay. So it's interesting because, yeah, I really can't call it. I'd like to say we, we're going to go and take the game to them and come away with a positive result, but... I think I'd be naive to write Barnsley off at the same time. Yeah, I'm really, really interested to see when that team sheet comes out because whilst you speak very logically about, oh, it was the last eight games of the season and it yeah. was the back four and 
they'll stick with it. Then you can make a couple of arguments to say that he'll change. One being which the obvious element of surprise, not that Ishmael will care what um, yeah. Bonzi are going to do because he's going to do exactly the same thing. The other is, just in my experience, managers that are tweaky, good tactical managers, when it's tight, they do like to match up. If they're going against the back three, they play about. I've seen that quite often with, and I'm not, I'm not bracketing Cooper necessarily in with the pragmatists, you know, the Rowitz and the um, uh, Hutons and the McCarthy's, etc. But I've just noticed that as a bit of a pattern with football managers. So I'm, I'm fascinated. I'm interested to hear you say you're pretty sure of a, of a back four. Let me yeah. ask you this. So if it is a back four, um, and I'll make my assumptions and then you can shoot me down afterwards. And you would expect Grimes and Fulton with Hurahan. I think in a playoff, you have to play Hurahan. It's a big game. Yeah, it would be them three. Big player. Yeah. And then are we assuming Ayu, Lowe and Cullen then? Oh, yeah, 100%. So Cullen has come back from his injury and it's, I think it's quite obvious he's been trying to just get him as much fit as possible. Building him up, bringing him on as a sub. Then he started and played 60 minutes and he's just been building him up. I know Routledge did do a couple of games. Routledge is old, though. Like No disrespect to him. He's been fantastic and he was great when he came in for that period as well. But That was clearly, Luke, with losing games, get experienced yeah. players on the pitch. Yeah, exactly. It? And it did it did this job for what it was worth. But that's, that surprise wears off after a couple of games and his impact did wear off. You know, he's, he's always got that experienced head where he's going to play a good pass and be in the game well. But it's probably easier to mark him out of the game as, at the same time just because of maybe, and you know, he's a bit older, he's not as agile as he used to be, that sort of thing. Plus, he's not an out-and-out striker, whereas Liam Cullen is the only one really available. Now, we went through that really bad period where both Lowe and I were struggling up front, whether it was because we couldn't get them the ball, they just couldn't get in the game. Um, and that's where we came, I would say, a bit predictable. And Lee Boyer actually said after our game against Birmingham that we were predictable. And that's, we were calling for a while to say something needed a change and Cooper did eventually change it. So that's why I would say I don't think he will go back to it because it, it was a long time where it, it did feel like we were just, everybody knew how to nullify our threat. And the fact that an opposition manager comes out and says that, I don't know whether that's the trigger that maybe Cooper was like, yeah, okay, I need to try something different. But as soon remember, as he did... Remember Brentford... Brentford changed after playing against Lee Bowyer as well, didn't they? Yeah, they went like, to the three at the back. Well, um, he's, he's so, come in and managed Birmingham for like two games at that point, and he's already looked at us and nullified how to play against us. So it's not, it's a bit alarming. Yeah. Um, so you're back four, then you're going with Bidwell and Roberts and Woodman, obviously. Who are you tricky two, one. Who are you two centre backs? I don't think Roberts is going to start on the right back. I, I think it'll be Norton. Since we've gone back four, it's been Norton. If anything, Roberts has been challenging to play on the wing. Interesting. But if I, yeah, if I, good season, there. such a great wing back as well. <clears throat> it's weird because I think he's a, he's a great wing back, but I think Norton is a more solid right back because he, you can't really have Roberts bombing up on the wing as much from right back in a back four because you maybe leave the back exposed. Sometimes it's okay. I think he did it against uh, in one of the previous games where. He scored. It was against um, Derby, wasn't it? When he scored that goal, he was right back when he did that. But um, in a playoff game where maybe you've, you want to be a little bit more solid, 
I think you'll start with Norton and have Roberts as the option because and, it allows the formation Luke, change. Sorry to interrupt. That's all right. He's going to be up against Callum Britton, who's li- uh, sorry, Callum Styles, who's literally just going to be over the halfway yeah. line pressing the entire game, isn't it? Yeah, so you don't want to be caught out with that. I think if Ayu's playing as well, which he will be, he'll be starting on the right, which is somewhere he hasn't started most of the season. But Lee's not here now, but we've been arguing that he's more effective from there because he drags a lot of players out, but when he's dragging them in the middle of the pitch, there's no one really then to take advantage of the space. But if he's dragging them out wide, so you've got the the wing back or whatever, maybe you could drag one of the centre-backs over. You look at the, the goal against no, Blackburn. Not Blackburn. Redden, wasn't it? The the one where he back-heeled through someone's leg. Yeah. yeah, so that's essentially what he can do from out there. And he creates the space. Felton's running through there, and then it's just like acres of space to run into. So that's so why I think Cullen, he needs to be there. Alan Central... Ayu and Low yeah. sort of inverted wings. Interesting. Who are your centre backs, um, Luke? It would be Gihi and difficult one, but I would say Bennett because he's the experience and Gihi's the young. Cabango's same, but I think Gihi's had a better season. Not right off Cabango role, he's also been excellent, but I think the best two is definitely Gihi and Bennett. Um, Gihi's not been as solid in a back four, but every game he's played, he's come better. He's definitely more comfortable in a five, but he's only young. And I think Chelsea played back five as well. So it's probably just a case of that's what he's been training in for a while. I think even the England uh, setup that he's in play with a back five. So, you know, he's been coming better in a four, and I think it's still solid for him to play there. Fascinating thing, Luke, is, and I suppose this is a feather in Steve Cooper's cap. Yeah. We're only really talking about one player between the two systems is Connor Roberts, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Because if you if you wanna if, if you wanna switch from the back four to the back three, you bring in Roberts, you take out Cullen, Norton goes centre back, Bidwell goes wing back, front two and yeah, away exactly. you go. So it's unchanged they're only, much. Yeah, they're only one sub away from the the shape change if if they need it, aren't they? And even if it's Norton that's on the bench and Robert starts a right back, it's the same situation. You can just bring Norton on for one of the attackers. But you're away in the first leg. I just think he's not going to want to lose that game. So I think that's why Norton starts ahead of Roberts. Maybe it's different at home, but that's what, what I think. This is what I mean about the two games playing out differently because we all know what happens. When you go away to Barnsley with a risk-averse strategy, the game gets very, very stretched and very, very messy, doesn't it? Yeah. So, look, he may, may surprise and go with the back five again, knowing that it worked twice against Barnsley already, and want to come away with the fact that we're not losing. Maybe. I just think that we would have seen that against Watford if that was his intention, although maybe you're giving it away if you do that. So, I, I really don't know. Interesting. It'll be interesting to see on Monday when that team sheet comes out. Um yeah. And um, Luke, there's still a chance that we get the team sheet and we don't know. We yeah. don't know whether it's going to be well, a four and a three because... You we, see some of the graphics and they, they just put it out wrong. So it was always hard to tell. The main one they do wrong is put like one of our midfielders as a central attacking midfielder. They never play there. They literally never play there. Even when we're playing four, it's never an attacking midfielder, which I've got enough to say about that, but this isn't the video for it. I would rather that was the no. case, but Cooper likes a flat three, so... And you can't argue because he's he's got he's been successful in his time here, so we'll we'll leave him have that one. Um, I forgot anything else I wanted to discuss for this game. Then oh, here we go, Barnsley. Then I think 
Actually, no, both teams from a neutral perspective. Out of the two teams, one player who, who to look out for, who could make an impact, make the difference for each team. I mean, it's boring for Swansea because it's always Ayu, isn't it? Yeah, because yeah. Of the, I guess that quality. was coming. <laughs> yeah, because of the quality, you know. Oh, we, we can mention other players. We, we've just said a lot depends on Roberts or no Roberts and how yeah. he's how he's utilised. And then I've sat in Villa Park and seen Glenn Whelan come off for Conor Hurahan. And Conor Hurahan changed a playoff semi-final two years ago. So, big game. Big game player scored a penalty in the um, in the shootout in the other game as well. So you know you want your big players on yeah. the on the big games. Um, in terms of Barnsley, it's not about one player. It's about the two wing backs in tandem, Styles Styles and Britain. How how high are they? And where is that press? It's about Moat yeah. and Palmer. And Moat hasn't played the last two games, but we are suspecting he'll be he'll be back. Those two together, Moat particularly, it's, it's a similar player to Grimes. Um, really left-footed, good set play, holding back in midfield. Obviously, DK's scored the goals, but again, it's the front three pressing together. If it's Woodrow, Chaplin, DK. And then, look out on the set plays for Anderson and Ellick as well. But look out for that high line. They're on halfway yeah. a lot of the game, so... It's it's thrilling. It's brave. If you go risk averse against it, and you say, "I don't like this press. We're going long. We're not going to get a very exciting game." But, what was that um, one you did a watch along? Was it against Derby, Derby and they were just kicking it over each other? Terrific. Uh, yeah, but Derby got a nil nil. Yeah. And if I gave you a nil nil going into the second leg now, you've got to back yourself I know at you'd home. Say, yeah, we've got a chance. Plus, there's fans in both games. Just announced this morning that we allowed yes. fans at home as well. So that's going to be, if you can come away, I think it's only home fans going to be attending each game. So two thousand, yeah, yeah, if, yeah. If you come away from the away game with a point, well, a point. I know it's not a point. When um, you got your, just your fans at home to back you in your your leg, where you've just got to win, just got to win one goal, whatever. Then that's got to be a massive advantage, isn't it? So. You've got to take a draw away, especially when it's the first game. Um, I think you were right, though. Like Swansea high press, don't always do the best against it. At least we haven't this season, I don't think. I think that's the way a lot of teams have counted us. Because we do still try and play passing football. But there's been a lot of questions asked about why we go long so often. And it's usually when we can't deal with that. So um, we we don't do long ball very well, so that causes issues in itself, and maybe answers a lot of the questions why our goal scoring is so low in in certain places. But um, I think Cooper will set up to maybe play a little bit of counter attacking. I think that's what we will see, um, and I believe that's what worked against them last time because they, especially in the second leg away, when we played them this season, like we scored right at the end of the first half, but we we didn't deserve to lead. We just got them on a break. Um, I think I. Well, I know it was a long throw in the end that, that that made the goal, but I think it would be quite a similar story. Maybe Barnsley might feel hard done by if they don't come away with a win, but I think that might be how, how the game goes. Okay, so I think we spoke a lot about um, about this game. So one final question. What are you going to say in terms of a score? I'm going to put you 
right on the line there. <laughs> call, call the shots. And I'm, I'm going to back your question, back your question away on the um, on a contractual obligation <laughs> I have to write my predictions somewhere okay, else. But no problem. I will I will um, repeat what I've said in respects of. I bet I get it the wrong way around. I expect Bournemouth and um, uh, Brentford to be open. And I'm not saying more or less goals. I expect Barnsley and Swansea, especially like you've said that first game, that has got to be tight, isn't it? Yeah. It's going to be really, really tight. And then that will set the context for the second game. And if you're Swansea, just get through that first half. There'll be set plays coming in. The press will be ludicrous. The fans will be in there at, at Barnsley. I'm it's sure they'll. Tough. Yeah, I'm sure they're going to want it to be nice and windy. Uh, but remember, remember that if you can get through that, and they're so brave with how they play Barnsley. If you play well against Barnsley, you will beat them. Yeah. Because they will leave it open. But it's very hard to play well against Barnsley because they're if, so good at what they do. If we could feed the ball to Mac Rhymes and he can get some. Exactly Balls through the lines. I think it's going to be we'll catch them big, off guard. And someone like Matt Grimes is used to um, making things work with far less space to play into than it's going to be yeah. in behind. And it's it's low. You want to get um, running in behind, isn't it? Or yeah. if it's a four three three, you know, Cullen. But yeah, it's just with Barnsley. How are you gonna how are you gonna cope with the obvious things that everybody's talked about already? It's gonna be tough. I'm quite nervous actually. It's like one of them like <laughs> I think it's gonna be a long ninety minutes where you're not enjoying yeah, watching the game, but uh Luke, you're happy with that. I've watched a load of playoff semi-finals being an Ipswich fan, and literally I'm sick in my stomach and it's churning, I'm yeah. nervous, nervous. I've been at attendance in probably eight or ten playoff games as a neutral. And it's lovely. I sit there with my notepad, not a care in the world. Don't matter. So I do feel your pain. I really, really do. But it's going to be a great watch tactically, Cooper versus Ishmael as well, isn't it? Yeah. Okay, let's uh, touch on the other game. So we've got Bournemouth versus Brentford. Um, I think everyone did want to avoid Brentford. I think you're right when you mentioned that earlier. Um, if, like for us, if we manage to get through our semi-final... And Brentford win theirs. That's a big, massive, like, after last year, mm. semis, and the two games this year have been a bit spicy. So um, I'm sure Thomas Frank will have enough to say. But Brentford's got to beat Bournemouth before that happens. Obviously, we also have to win. But what do you make of this match then? Last time I think I saw them play, I think um, Bournemouth they maybe looked recently. a better team at the start, but Brentford came out and won 2 1, I believe. Um, that was the previous time. They've oh. actually played recently, haven't they? And Pontus Janssen got sent off and Brentford still got the win over at Bournemouth. The game you were just referring to was one of my favourite games I've seen this season. I thought the football was, was great from yeah. um, both of them. And it was as you described it, Bournemouth started really well. And then um, as they were doing at that point in the season, Brentford reversed it back and won 2-1. And this is where I'm going to fall flat on my face saying, so... Um, Barnsley and Swansea will probably be three all now and yeah. this one will be nil-nil. But both of these sides are just about pattern of play, progress the ball, create chances. Um, you would still say, star power-wise, 
with um, Anjuma, Billing, Solanke, even if he drops in someone like Wilshire, Pearson, Lerma, Steve Cook's been around, hasn't he? And I know David Brooks hasn't been really at it, but he's still a quality player. Almost star power-wise, Bournemouth have, have got more, but look at the league table. Brentford have 87 points and they have a 31-goal striker as well. So That's crazy. Um, yeah, you would think they're going to be... They're going to be a tough opponent, and with the three at the back, it seems to have clicked four straight wins. But are people right to question the Brentford mentality when the going gets tough? Because as much as I've been a fan of Brentford, and we all get accused of being cheerleaders for them when we're covering the championship, they have got into good positions before and not not had it in them to yeah. make the fun. Maybe it'll be different this year. but Arguably, um, they should have got second last year, shouldn't they, I think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they made it so hard for themselves. They won eight straight games, and then I think they lose lose two at the yeah. end of the season. Even this, even this year, that well, like eight, nine draws in a in a space of like ten, eleven games, and now they're four points behind Watford. So and Luke, talk about wrong place, wrong time. Eighty-seven yeah. points and not getting up. I tweeted about um, I tweeted about this at the weekend that there's been only four teams in the last twenty-five years have scored more points than Brentford. And not gone up automatically. Two won the playoffs and two got automatic the next season. That's crazy. Um, and I, I just, I just remember because we were in a bad patch when they were picking up all these draws. And every week it was like Brentford going to take advantage and go ahead of us. Oh no, they drew again. Another lifeline. And that just seemed to happen for so long. Um, eventually they did manage to grasp it and pull away. But both in the playoffs by the end, at the end of it, so it's not the end of the world. But yeah, I think. I, tough one to call because a couple of weeks ago when Bournemouth were on that form that got them back into the playoff hunt I think I was like oh, yeah, they're going to win the playoffs it's going to be the three relegated teams going back up I was just like oh, you know, they didn't lose so much maybe because of Covid as other teams have in the past and it's clearly showing now but then things have changed again Bournemouth have lost the last three games Brentford have all of a sudden won the last four they're the form team going into the playoffs Luke, without any disrespect to Jonathan Woodgate, who's a great player, great yeah. player, who would you least want out of the four managers in your dugout? Probably him. Just... I, I thought I didn't know who was the correct decision when they brought him in, I'll be honest. I think at the time, I was like, oh, yeah, that's all right. They're not going to come challenge us now. They're going to be wrongly, maybe, because they've had, they have had good form since he's come in, but... This is probably his biggest challenge, isn't it? So can he do it when it matters? Think so, yeah. yeah. Um, and, and then, remember, if he does win the playoffs, everyone's going to say, ah, he had Dan Juma, he had Solanke, he had... But do you know yeah, what I mean? it's a bit it's of an unwinning situation. But no isn't win, it? isn't it? Yeah, well, you know, good luck to them, but not, not too much good luck, of course. But good luck to them. But you may well, you may well be meeting one of them if you, get, I don't even, if you get through into the final. I don't even know who I would want to pick because I think I actually think we'd have more chance beating Brentford. Like we, we drew with them twice this season. I would argue we should have won the first game and lost the second. Um, Bournemouth, so though, different in a one-off game as well, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Bournemouth, however, I just over the two games we played them this season, I feel less comfortable. They battered us when we went away, and the game at home was quite dull. So, not really much going on our part, is what I'm trying to say, against Bournemouth this season. But again, their their squad is not too much different from their Premier League squad last season, is it? So, you can't be too harsh. 
but you've got to beat what's in front of you now because that now is when it matters. So yeah, it's tough. Players to watch then for these two teams. What who do you call out? Pick out. Um, we we know we know the landscape now. It's you've got a thirty-one goal striker and you've got last player of the month, haven't you? So look, you would think by normal numbers, if Tony plays three games in the playoffs, he's going to score two goals. Yeah. That's 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 what his numbers tell you. Um, Fosu's useful, goes under the radar as well. And one real one to watch, they might have Rico Henry back, who you'll remember being red carded in the, um, which was then rescinded in the semi-final. Well, semi-final. that's what's kicked it all off, isn't it, basically? That's, that's, uh, that's yeah. what started all of the bad blood and uh, Connor Roberts' confrontation with Thomas Frank and all the rest of it. But um... Exactly. He may, he may be returning, but we don't think we'll be seeing Josh De Silva or Henrik Dalsgaard. And one to watch is always Pontus Janssen because he looks a great player when um, in the close season. In the, sorry, in the middle of the season when things are going well. And um, I, I did um, second tier podcast with Ryan and um, oh god, <laughs> I've forgotten the other guy's name. Oh, I've, seen, I've seen them on um, Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh god, he's actually going to kill me. But and they called out exactly exactly the same. Same thing. He's been on my channel as well, and it's just completely good. Good content. Though, mind. Though, I'm, I'm an awful podcast. Go check that out. You were on there recently, were you? Yeah, um, it comes out today. Yeah. Oh, there we are. Um, Go check that out. Whoever's watching uh, later on. Yeah, and go and tell them about me forgetting people's names. But <laughs> yeah, so it's Tony, and it's obviously Dan Juma for Bournemouth, yeah. isn't it? Although I just, I just have a feeling. Do you drop Jack Wilshere in, in a playoff semi-final? Just. You know there's that quality. You know there's that experience. I, I I wonder whether he might throw him in with Lerma in the in the centre mid. I think he started when we played them. And it's not like he had a bad game. They smashed it. So, I, I mean, it's quality regardless who's playing there. So I think either one is going to do a good job. Um, maybe sometimes a little bit of a surprise if, if the other team's not expecting it can go in your yeah. favour. So it could be something that maybe for one of the legs they drop him in. And especially if you're chasing, because obviously if you go with a Pearson and a Lerma, it's very much we don't we want to stop central midfield. Whereas you know if you go with Lerma and Wilshire, maybe then maybe you want to. You know, you know what Wilshire gives you yeah. certainly gives you a lot more going forward than he does. Bit of flair, sensibly. Um, you, you mentioned Tony and his goal output. I just always like can I? I just imagine he was in a swan shirt or someone of the equivalent. How my our season have looked. I just, you know, you can dream, I guess. Brewster, even if we had him back this season. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, it can just, look, it's it's football. The whole whole objective of the game is to score goals. And the reason uh, it's a cliche, they get paid the most, is it's it's the hardest thing to do. Anyone who can stick the ball in the net isn't playing... Okay, maybe Frank Lampard, but isn't playing central midfield. They're up the top at the business end, and yeah, yeah, no, you're right. And it is a, and we 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 joke with the Leeds fans last year if they'd had Mitrovic, they'd have they'd had a hundred points and been. But then obviously Bamford's turned out to be very very good this season, hasn't he? But yeah, yeah, everyone everyone is going to lament what they don't have. I'm sure a few teams would love to have Ayu as well. Yeah, exactly. We've got to we've got to remember what we have as well. Um, Okay, so we've discussed a bit on the four teams. One question then, looking at the four teams that are in there, I think you know there's different, good different stages maybe of a club's route. I think everyone's goal is to go up. 
some teams have come down, they still got parachute payment, they got Brentford maybe been chasing for a while. Barnsley, the unexpected package, maybe when expected to be there, is kind of like a free hit. The question is, how important is winning this playoff the playoffs to each of like to each of these clubs? How who who is it most important for? They have to go back, they have to go up now. Seismic. Seismic for all of them. You get you just Given the cliff edges in English football's um, wealth distribution, there's, there's, there is no one where it's more... Yeah. I can give you the same argument for every team. Look, Brentford, in pushing, 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 never had a parachute payment, never been in the Premier League. If they get in there, that changes their club forever, doesn't it? Swansea, parachute payments just running out now, haven't necessarily used them. Ownership hasn't necessarily invested. Go back into the bunch... Next year, do someone does someone come for the manager? I'd argue would, that would be massive. Argue and that then Barnsley sale might even come. Will, will Barnsley get a chance as good again? You never know. That, hey, yeah. they might now go on and be viable top top championship side all the time. And then Bournemouth were probably in the most disarray of any of the teams that came down. They'll go on to the year two parachute, but you know that there's going to be players leaving in yeah. the um in the summer if they don't go up it given the cliff edges in as i'm repeating myself in the wealth distribution it's just such a huge huge thing to, to get into that even and you know as well as i do even if it's for one season it's that one season can change your change the future of your club for yeah. 10 years now i said yesterday in a podcast that we were on if we did manage to go up i wouldn't even care well i say not care but You'll get what I'm trying to say, but like Norwich went up, come back down. They went up in a sensible manner, spent in a sensible manner. They've come back down and kind of smashed the league. They're probably going up a second time in a better place. So if we did a similar plan to that, I wouldn't really mind because long term, that's probably more sustainable, a little bit better than going up, spend to try and stay up. Maybe then you've got to come back down and have a fire sale like we did the first time. Um, Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you earlier, but what I was saying is if we did go up, our accounts have come out recently and looking at it with some of the boys, we were wondering if uh, it might be a quick sale on the cards from our owners to try and get back as much as what they can out of what they put in in the first place. This would be one to watch for us. Um, however, whatever that would mean, who knows, because I don't even know who would come in at the moment. It's a difficult landscape, football, finance and stuff at the moment, especially with everything going on. Last thing then, really, I want to ask, I know you cover the dearly departed, so without saying who you think necessarily, obviously I know you've got your predictions that <laughs> you maybe can't discuss, but if you could just pick one that you would love to cover next season as a dearly departed team, who would it be? You know I'm going to say Barnsley, yeah, don't yeah. you? Because it'd just be such, just be such fun if a they fairy just tale. went up and did not care just went went away to Man City and <laughs> defended on the halfway line, just just pressing the hell out of everybody. Imagine they snuck a one nil at Man City, that would be insane. Yeah, it'd be it'd be sensational, wouldn't it? So that would be a lot of fun. Honestly, my normal answer is very boring, and it's what what topic gives me the most traction in terms of you know yeah. um, comments and views and things of that nature. It's fairly even with with all four of the. For it. Obviously, Barnsley is a good news story at the moment. So there are people outside of Barnsley who are interested in hearing about Barnsley at the moment. Yeah. But you know me, 
May the best team win, and whoever gets promoted, I will cover on my Dearly Departed shows next season. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing who that is. Hopefully it's us, and then we can uh, we can look forward to more more of you covering the Swans then in uh, in more of a focus as they go up. That would be great. But um... well, There you go. And if you're a Swans fan, whichever way round, next season I will still be covering the Swans. Yes, indeed. And it is worth checking out Ben's content. As you said at the start, you did an in-depth season review for Swansea um, last week, I believe, was it? And obviously... Yeah, and I just think, look, I can't speak with as much knowledge or authority as you guys can. But I think for your fans, sometimes it's nice to see someone who's outside of the bubble. No, definitely. You know, what does it look like from the, from the outside, I, I think? So I, I wouldn't claim to know as much as you guys do. You'd you're doing it day in day out on the one on the one team but I, I i find it interesting to dip in and dip out of, of teams so yeah go, go and give it a watch why not no yeah no that's great that's exactly why i wanted to bring you on for this video and last time is to get the sort of outside perspective because sometimes i think when you're in that bubble you always say leave your bias at the door but sometimes when you're in that bubble that's not always the case is it so you may be a little bit like emotion. You've got beer your goggles at the door as well. Yeah, you've got beer goggles for your own club, if you like, where you kind of don't <laughs> yeah. necessarily see some of the bigger picture sometimes. And that's where sometimes looking at other views like yourself, you see things in a different light because you don't support the club. So the the classic example that I always bring up is Andre Ayew. Sometimes, like throughout the season, his performances, you know, people are like, Oh, he can do better, he's not He's not doing as much as he should be doing in this league, all the rest of it. But when you speak to usually anyone else that's not a Swansea fan, in that same game, they will say they thought he played really well um, because they see what he does against their team, whether that's like pulling the defence around, giving them a tough time, not just the goal scoring or the assists or the, the stuff like that, that Swans fans are just looking out for now because they see him week in, week out. And you kind of maybe appreciate a little bit more what you've got because... You see it from the other perspective. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, I think that's everything. Got anything else that you want to touch on then before we end the video in regards to the playoffs? No, just just good luck. And hopefully we've, we've hyped up the seismic nature of Swansea being able to get through three games without losing. And then Premier League, eh? Well, we did it before. <clears throat> Can we do it again? That's the question. Uh, obviously, last <laughs> season... Maybe you could say that was the trial, the trial run. The players now know what to expect. They're going to go in and get the job done. Well, let's hope anyway. And let's hope Steve Cooper, who has got experience in knockout competitions, can be the mastermind at the front of it all. There you go. But yeah, thank you very much for joining us. There. Well, joining me then, Ben. Um, welcome back to the channel. Hopefully we'll have you back on again. But remind everyone where they can find your content and engage with you. Yeah, so Benjamin Bloom Football Channel on YouTube, at Benjamin Bloom on Twitter. Got Instagram. I sometimes put my dogs on it. I'm not very good, to be honest. So, Get some good music yeah. on there, too. <laughs> now and again, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, Twitter and... Uh, but YouTube's the, the main way. If you're really lovely person, patreon.com slash Benjamin Bloom is where you can, you can support yeah. my ambition to ramble about football for money, hey? Wouldn't that be a fine thing? Well, you're doing very well, and... Uh... I think I think you uh, you'll get there soon, but um, one question: Are you going to be doing a watch along for the playoffs? <laughs> Do you want to know something really funny? Um, 
Yes, all of them. However, this news story came out um, yesterday. Oh, EFL in talks, happy to move the playoff final. I saw um, that. Champions League, yeah, is it? The Champions League. And I'm immediately going, oh no. Because we, me and my missus, have not been able to go to our favourite restaurant uh, for an entire year. Oh, and no. it is booked on Friday the 28th of May. And I had a very awkward conversation. Darling, there's a small, small possibility that the playoff... I left it at that, the playoff final, if it's moved, may clash with our meal. And if you saw the look I got, I do not want that playoff final moving to the Friday. So Personally, is that yes, the day I'm... before? Or is that like bringing it a day earlier? I don't know. They, so they could... Um, I don't think they're going to do it because it looks like the Champions League final is going to go to Portugal rather than Turkey, Istanbul. Um, but they've mooted it as either moving date or moving location. So you could still have the playoff final on the Saturday, but I don't know, move it to Villa Park or... Oh, we'll, have it. or... we'll have it in the Millennium Stadium, just up yeah, the road. Yeah, Millennium Stadium. Well, that might, yeah, that might be a bit of a home game if there's a Welsh team in it. But hey... <laughs> hey it's in Cardiff. You can't say it's a home it. game. Yeah, if it was Wembley, wouldn't it? So, um, yeah. Okay, well... So I will be watching unless... If I'm not watching, assume um, HQ has, <laughs> has yeah. decreed. At least for the semi-finals, if anybody wants some uh, alternative commentary and interaction and the chance to engage while watching the chat, go check out Ben's watch-alongs for the games. Yeah. I think Thank we'll you. be in the pub. So. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. But uh, yeah, good luck. No chance and of being in the stadium? It's 3,000 tickets. Uh, myself, because of my job, I don't have a season ticket. Um, Lee does, but they haven't announced how. And this this might be information for anyone watching. Actually, as of the recording of this video, they have not announced how they will be allocating the three thousand tickets. Um, my guess is going to be there was an option with the season tickets, so like you could keep your season ticket, not take the refund. I think you had access to all the live streams of the games, stuff like that. I would assume those people that didn't take the refund will get priority. And I'd imagine that probably is fair. Um, you know, they, they kind of left the money and helped the club out in that aspect. So I'm guessing that will be where the tickets go. And right. yeah, I don't think I'll be able to go on that basis. Um, but, you know, it's fine. If the pubs are meant to be back open, I think, on the Monday, and that's the first first day where you can go inside so maybe it'll be a good carnage uh, on the first day yeah a good day to have your first pint back in the pub but if if, if there's availability so we'll see it, when it comes to Wembley I don't know because if we get there that is I'm not sure what the situation will be how many people will be there how that will work I'll try to go as I'm sure Lee will as well and, uh, and the others but we'll see what happens with that otherwise we'll Enjoy. try and make, make the most of it anyway Exciting times, but yeah, thanks for coming on again. Um, hopefully, we'll have you back on again soon, and you know, otherwise, we'll see you on Twitter and stuff and catch up with you uh, where we can. You got it. See you all again next time. So, thanks as always, guys. Don't forget to subscribe to the channel for any more playoff content that's going to be coming. We've got a Swansea perspective coming later this week, and then we'll uh, we'll have a look after the match to see what happened, and also look ahead to the next match sometime next week. Obviously, we don't know what's going to happen after that, so we'll keep you updated. So follow us on Twitter to keep updated with all of our content. 
And on that note, we shall see you again next time. Thanks again for coming, Ben, and I shall see you all again soon. Cheers. Thank you for watching. Don't forget if you enjoyed the video to click the like button to help us grow. To keep up to date with all of our new uploads, hit the subscribe button and push the bell to ensure you are notified of all of our new videos. As always, engage in the comments and let us know your opinions on what we discussed today. And if you want to support us directly, check out our new merch where you can find some awesome sponsor-related t-shirts. Sports Social Podcast Network. The match has just finished and you're on your way home. What better way to celebrate that 90th minute winner than a McNugget share box and a few tips with your mates? You channel your inner Ronald as you race to beat the muck delivery home, just making it an injury time. Ordering muck delivery is easy on the McDonald's app. You in? Our participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and term supply. See mcdonalds.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.